Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can call you Father and come before you as your children this morning, looking to a Father who knows so much more than the children do. Lord, we have nothing to tell you that you do not know. But Lord, you have so much to tell us that we do not know. Help us this morning to come before your word as little children with a message from their father. May it instruct us and help us to live as your children. May you be with us this morning proclaiming your message through me to the people gathered here and may there be great profit this morning as we look into your word together. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in the house I grew up in, books and stories were valued greatly. We were encouraged to read stories ourselves from a young age and to have our own books. And one of our favourite family outings in the holidays was to do uh, not a pub crawl, as people would say, but we had library crawls where we would go from one local library to the next. We'd drive from suburb to suburb to suburb, getting different library cards and getting more and more books and then taking them back home to read during the holidays. Books were greatly valued in our house. And it wasn't just that we valued books reading personally, but we were read too from a very young age as well. Uh, books were, uh, stories were read to us, and so we would read things like Enid Blyton's uh, Famous Five, Secret Sevens when we were younger, and then progressing to older uh, works that are of, of greater value in the world's eyes, like Charles Dickens and even Australian authors like Ivan Southall. Uh, stories were read to us on a regular basis. And one of the problems with uh, that was it was a lot of fun to have dad or mum read a story to you. But the problem was they, they always stopped. There would be, whereas when you read personally, you could keep going and going, but they stopped the story at some point. And it was, if it was very exciting, you didn't want them to stop. And you would beg them, continue, continue. And they would say, no, we aren't continuing. That's the reading for tonight. And I remember one point being so caught up in the story that late that night I got a torch and went to the bookshelf pulled down the book and read ahead a couple of pages and then felt so guilty that I put it back and I don't think I've ever told my parents that I've read ahead in that particular story uh, because I was just so caught up in it that I didn't have the rest of the story. It wasn't coming to me. And that is something that we know when we hear a good story. We want to hear the whole story. We want to hear the ending. We want to hear how it all turns out. And it is a great privilege to be able to have the full story. As a child, I wasn't privileged to have the ending of the story when I wanted it. It is a great privilege to have a full story before us. And that is what we have as Christians. As Christians living today, in the century that we live in, we are greatly privileged because we have the full story of God contained for us in what we know as the Bible. We have the full story there. We don't have part of the story we have the full story, the full message from God contained in our Bibles. Now, is that just me telling you that you are privileged? How do we know that you are privileged to have the full story? Well, I've got three main points this morning. And my first main point says, prophets show you are privileged. We're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 to 12. And in this I want to show you that you are privileged to have the full Bible, to have the full story. And my first main point is that 1 Peter tells us the prophets show you are privileged. Who are the prophets? Well, 
Peter speaks about these prophets. He tells us a few things about them. He says in verse 10 of 1 Peter chapter 1, concerning, concerning this salvation, the prophets, and then we find out a bit about them, who spoke of the grace that was to come to you. These prophets, they're people who speak of the grace that comes to Christians. What else do they do? They searched intently and with the greatest of care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. What else do these prophets do? Well, they've got the Spirit of Christ in them, which means they can predict certain things are going to happen. And what do they predict in verse 11? They predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. They predicted that Jesus, Jesus would die on the cross and that he would suffer there and that he would be glorified afterwards. These are the prophets. Now how do they show that you are privileged? How do they show that you are privileged to be Christians in the century that you live in? Well, they show us in two ways. The first way is by their enthusiasm to know what you know. Where do we see this? Verse 10, concerning the salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. These prophets were enthusiastic to know when Christ would suffer and the circumstances that he would suffer under. They searched intently and with the greatest of care. The words there are often used in, in the Greek language to speak about miners searching intently for valuable metals. And that's what these prophets were doing. They were mining, they were trying to search through the prophecies that they had, that they were given themselves, the prophecies that other prophets had, had given. They were searching through them, trying to find out the time when Christ would come and what would happen to him. Were they successful? No. They weren't. They didn't know precisely when Jesus would come. They didn't have the exact time and the circumstances that he would come in. They didn't know. Whereas you as Christians are privileged to know when Jesus came. You know more than the prophets did. You know that Jesus came in, first century, in the first century and he came under the circumstances of the Roman rule but as a Jew. You know those things. You know what prophets didn't. You are greatly privileged. They search like miners trying to find this out and yet you have it contained here in a book that you can access very easily. You are greatly privileged compared to these prophets. The other way that the prophets show that you are privileged is by the fact that they were not serving themselves but you. That's what the passage says. It says that they were, in verse 12, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of these things that have now been told you by those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Who did the prophets serve? Themselves? No, it says, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. Now what does that mean? That they were not serving themselves. Well, he's not saying that the prophets had no value for themselves. That when they were given a prophecy from God, it wasn't helpful to them or the people that lived in that time. No, it's through uh, what is revealed through the prophets that people had faith and trusted that God was sending a Messiah who would pay for, for sins and, and bring salvation to his people, they had some value, yes, for their, the people of the time and for themselves, but ultimately the best way that they served people 
is by serving you. How do they do that? Why are you best served by the prophets? Well, you are people who have the New Testament. You have the ending of the story. Now, the ending of a story without a beginning is quite terrible. Think of a book if you pick it up in the shops and then you go home and you find out that you've only got half a book. You've only got the ending of the book. You don't know who the characters are, you don't know how they've been introduced, you don't know why whatever the problem is that's in the book that is resolved at the end. You don't know the beginning. As a Christian, you know the beginning because the prophets give it to you in the Old Testament. They give you the beginning of the story. They didn't just simply search for when the Messiah was going to come. They wrote down their prophecies as well. And so you as Christians have the beginning of the story, the great plan of salvation that God has. And so you are served best because you have the full picture, you have the big picture. And so you can have the beginning and you've also got the ending. The prophets show that you are privileged by giving you the Old Testament so that many of the questions that you have are answered. Think, if you had the New Testament only, many of the questions that you have could not be answered as easily as they are when you've got the Old Testament. How did we get here? Who created the world and us? Why does man have a problem with sin? What is sin? Is sin serious? All those questions that you ask are answered in the Old Testament. That God created us. That man fell in the Garden of Eden and has a very serious problem with sin. The Old Testament gives you great privilege in explaining those, in answering those questions that you have. You have a wonderful privilege to have the prophets give you the Old Testament in the form that you have here in your Bibles. And so it is easier for you to believe in God and what he has done in Jesus Christ. If you just had the New Testament on its own, it wouldn't be as easy. But you've got the Old Testament as well, which builds up and backs up the claims of the New Testament. It gives you a good grounding to see the New Testament's revelations. And so it is easier to believe in Jesus Christ as fully God and fully man because you look back in the Old Testament and see all these predictions about him, about him dying on the cross. How could they be made if there isn't some divine being predicting these things happening through the Bible? Something supernatural happened in the New Testament and we know that because the Old Testament predicts those things happening. It is wonderful to have the Old Testament because it makes it easier for us in this day and age to believe in God and what he has done in Jesus Christ. So the prophets show you that you are privileged by their enthusiasm to find out what you know and wasn't revealed to them. They also show that you are privileged by the fact that they serve you in giving you the background story, the beginning of the plan of salvation. How else do we know that you are privileged? Well, my second main point is that the preachers show you are privileged. Who are the preachers? Well, they're there in verse 12. It speaks about the, the prophets. There at the beginning of verse 12, it was revealed to them, the prophets, that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Who are the preachers? They're the ones who proclaim the gospel to you. 
who bring the prophecies of the Old Testament as well and the good news of Jesus Christ that what was predicted in the Old Testament has been fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see that you are privileged to have the preachers tell you the gospel. These preachers, who are they? Well, they're initially the apostles sent from Christ, but we still have preachers today telling you the full story, what happened in the Old Testament, but also what happened in the New Testament, putting the full story together. Just as it's terrible to have a story without the beginning, it's terrible to have a story without the ending. Imagine buying a book at the bookstore and you get home and you find that you've only got the beginning of the story, that half of it's missing. The ending's not there. So these characters that you've been introduced to, that you've grown to love through the story as you were reading, suddenly there's an abrupt end and it's all over and you don't know what happens. It's like when I had those story times with my parents. If they just said, no, that's it, I'm not reading you anymore, ever. I'd be mortified. Ah, You've told me all about all these people and then you're not going to tell me how it all pans out? God gives us the beginning but with the preachers he also gives us the ending. He gives us how it all finishes. That all these prophecies that God makes in the Old Testament are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That it does work out in the end. That it all is all part of his wonderful story. We are privileged to have the preachers, the early apostles, record in the New Testament how it all worked out, that Jesus Christ did come under a particular time, under particular circumstances, and that he did die for sinners. It is a wonderful privilege to have had the preachers record their words here in the Bible for us and then to have preachers proclaim the gospel even today as they read it from the New Testament and proclaim it to others. So the prophets show we are privileged. The preachers show we are privileged. Who else shows that we are privileged? One third last group. They're my third main point this morning. The angels show you are privileged. Not just prophets, not just preachers, but angels also show you are privileged. Who are angels? Well, angels are ministering spirits. They're messengers. People who are sent from God to convey particular messages to us and to be with God in heaven. How do we know that the angels show we are privileged? Well, it's in the last part of verse 12 there. It says, last sentence, even angels long to look into these things. Isn't that remarkable? That angels want to look into the plan of salvation, this story of the Old Testament and New Testament in one big coherent uh, total story that they want to look into it? Aren't angels, don't they have better things to do, more remarkable things to do? They're there in heaven. They see God. They hang around his throne and praise him. Surely they can't be interested in what goes on here at earth. Yes, they get sent from God to give a message, but then I quickly want to be getting back to heaven. Why would you want to hang around on earth? Why would you want to know what's going on down here? But angels want to hear about the plan of salvation. Why are they interested? Because God is interested in what goes on down here and because God is glorified in what happens in his marvellous plan of salvation that we have from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Think of the glory that God has through the mercy, his mercy that is revealed in the Bible in this story of salvation. The angels must wonder 
and be so curious as to why God would care so much about sinful, rebellious human beings. Why he would want to save them, not in some other way, but the only way that could, they could be saved. Through him becoming flesh and living in this world. Through God himself going to the cross, being spat upon, beaten, mocked and then crucified and then buried. Why would he do that for sinful, rebellious humans? The angels must really wonder. Some of the angels sinned and fell, but God never died for them. Why would he do that? It shows how glorious the God is that we have. This book that we have before us has such a wonderful story, a marvellous story that glorifies God in ways that we just cannot imagine. To think how wonderful he is to do all that for us. These angels, no wonder they want to look into these things. So do you realise how privileged you are to have the Bible here before you, the Old Testament and the New Testament, this wonderful plan of salvation that God has for man. The prophets tell you you are privileged by giving you the Old Testament. The preachers tell you you are privileged by giving you the New Testament and making it all fit together. And then the prophets and the angels tell you you are privileged because of the way that they long to find out more. The prophets wanted to know what you know and they didn't. And the angels long to know what you know. Do you realise how privileged you are? And if you're not a Christian here this morning, do you realise how terrible it is when you reject this wonderful plan of salvation that we have revealed in the scriptures? Do you realise you are rejecting a story that is so highly believable in the way that you have it contained here? You don't just have the Old Testament and have to trust in God. You also have the New Testament. They make each other more and more believable. The, more you have the, the fact that you have the Old Testament makes the New Testament believable. The fact that you have the New Testament makes the Old Testament believable. They feed into each other. You have so much evidence before you. When you reject the Gospel, it is a terrible thing. And when you reject it, you're rejecting something that even angels long to hear about. And you're rejecting something that's not just some abstract yarn about some other civilization, some other race of creatures that has been created. You are rejecting something that concerns you as well. You can either be the bad guys in this plan of salvation, this story that is contained, and be eternally punished in hell, or you can be the good guys, the ones who embrace the good news of Jesus Christ, accept it, and are given eternal reward with him in heaven. This story is a story that involves everyone. Either you're the good guys or you're the bad guys that are punished. Everyone is mentioned in this story. Don't reject it. Be one of the good guys in this story and embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins. See that there is no way that your sins can be paid for other than Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. Believe in that. And be a part of this story in a good way. You are a part of it anyway. The Bible mentions everyone. Either you're the ones that go to heaven or you're the ones that go to hell. Be the ones that go to heaven by embracing Jesus Christ. 
And if you are a Christian, do you realise how immensely privileged you are? The prophets tell you, the preachers tell you, the angels tell you. Do you delight in the fact that you have the full story before you? Do you thank God for giving you the Old Testament and the New Testament? Do you love to read this story again and again, starting at Genesis, reading through to Revelation, and then not putting it back on the shelf, but starting again, each day, finding out more and more of the story, hearing it again and again? Do you love the full story? Do you love the Old Testament? Or do you despise and reject it as kind of not very important? The New Testament's where it's all at. That's the part I long to read, is the New Testament. The Old Testament is very, very valuable. All through it, it speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ and points to him. That's what it says there in the the passage from 1 Peter. It says, trying to find out the times and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing The Spirit of Christ is constantly pointing to the sufferings of Jesus Christ and to the glories that would follow. It is a wonderful part of the Bible, the Old Testament, to have. I love certain parts of the Old Testament where you don't find replicated in the New Testament. Isaiah 53, that passage we read just before, such wonderful language there about Christ's suffering, not found in the New Testament. If I didn't have the Old Testament, I would lose Isaiah 53, What a tragedy that would be. The Old Testament is very valuable. Do you value it? Do you realise how privileged you are to have it? And do you realise how privileged you are to have the New Testament? To have what the preachers proclaimed and wrote down? It is wonderful to have that there. Sometimes people swing too much the other way. They hang around in the Old Testament all the time neglecting the New Testament. Without the New Testament you're just as good as a Jew who doesn't have the New Testament, who only has the Old Testament. They're missing so much. They have the predictions of Christ, but they don't have the fulfilment of Christ coming there. Do you love the New Testament and read over it again and again? It is wonderful to have the full Bible as we know it, this plan of salvation from beginning to end, from when God created the world and man then fell into sin and then how he brought him back to himself through Jesus Christ. And then Christ died, was buried and then ascended and is seated right now at the right hand of God. But one day there, he comes back and Revelation tells us that as well. I find Revelation a difficult book to read but it has many wonderful truths that we can know is true there. And the big truth is that Jesus is returning and he will divide people into two groups a group that will be punished for eternity and a group that will be rewarded for eternity. And we get a glimpse of that reward there at the end of Revelation and how wonderful it will be. This is a great book and this book should be a great encouragement to us as Christians. If we are Christians, we should be reading the Bible again and again and again because it is the most helpful thing for us to persevere as Christians. We should fall in love with the Bible over and over again. Let us now speak with our God. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word in the form that we have it now. It is so wonderful to have the Old Testament. It is so wonderful to have the New Testament. Lord, help us to value it as we should. We so often find parts of it very difficult and so we are tempted to reject those and not read them again. 
Help us to love every word that we have from your mouth, O God. Help us to read over it and delight in it, that it continues to reveal your wonderful plan of salvation, that you yourself would care so much about sinful man that you would enter into this world and die for us. Lord, help us to delight in your word. And if anyone here this morning, Lord, rejects your word, rejects the gospel, help them to recognise that what they're doing is a terrible thing, to not repent of their sins and believe in Jesus Christ means that they will go to eternal punishment in hell. Help them not to do that, but instead to embrace Jesus Christ, embrace this plan of salvation and then marvel at your, your grace, your mercy towards sinful men. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.